Welcome back to another episode of the Elite Body and Performance Podcast. And today we are joined by one of my coaches and mentors, author of Living Large, The Skinny Guy's Guide to No Nonsense Muscle Building and Separate to Dominate. And today's guest has a wealth of experience and knowledge within the fitness industry and someone who I respect very highly as well. So Vince, welcome to the show. Maurice, thanks for having me, brother. Absolute pleasure. So before we take a deep dive into it, I think it'd be great for our audience to know a little bit about yourself. So take us right back to, uh, I guess, the cross-country Vince and how you stepped into the industry and what kind of your journey has been from from right at the beginning. Yeah, I started off, um, you know, where do we start? My my athletic career did start in long distance running. My brothers and I have got two younger brothers. We followed in our father's footsteps. He was a competitive uh, distance runner. And uh, I believe it was one of the greatest gifts my dad gave us as kids. Uh, it's a torturous sport, a lot of self-punishment, requires a lot of discipline, uh, you know, serves you a lot of uh, disappointment, loss, rejection, uh, a lot of, uh, you know, hurt. And those are all the character traits that I believe that have uh, been the foundation of my growth. So, you know, got into distance running, did that through high school, university, competitive level, lived with these buff dudes in university that uh, were all super muscular. And uh, I kind of wondered what it would be like to put a percentage of the effort I put into running into the gym. Could I become muscular? And these were the guys that guys wanted to be and girls wanted to be with. Absolutely. So I, I had this fascination, this curiosity around building muscle, a, a subject matter I didn't know anything about. Building muscle, like building muscles is so cool. It was such a cool concept, build muscle, change your physique. And I wasn't using the words physique back then, but I just wanted to be a little bigger. So um, yeah, I, I, um, I got a bit into weight training in university near the tail end of my running. And uh, after university, I became a personal trainer. Uh, I'm a bit more by default. I was planning on being a high school phys ed teacher, uh, but I missed my cutoff and I ended up working at the Guelph YMCA, a place where my dad works out and, you know, all of his buddies work out. And, you know, here's his son who spent 50 G's on a university education, helping guys use the back extension machine. And I know my dad had quite a bit of uh, questions. (laughs) What is my son doing working at the YMCA for $10 an hour after university education? And Interestingly enough, I loved it. I loved being a personal trainer. I fell in love with this world of helping people build their bodies. And um, because my running career came to an end, uh, there's a whole story around that. I realized I had to um, look like a personal trainer. And here was my shot to uh, see if I could do what I always wanted. And I I met a mentor. Um, Long story short, he taught me how to lift lift in the gym, eat, uh, supplement, drug-free, and uh, had this really dramatic transformation from 149 to 190, drug-free. And uh, I didn't plan on turning that into a business years later. It was just a personal transformation. So I just had yeah. these photos. And um, as I started my PT journey, I started to discover the opportunities that this world presented, like selling personal training and selling gym memberships. And then I saw people selling um, eBooks on the internet and they were marketing their transformation stories that I had. And I was just more curiosity. What's this all about? And uh, eventually, um, I started my own online fitness business, uh, helping skinny guys build muscle based on how I did it and based on the skinny Vinny story. And uh, that was a 12-year journey. I built up a lot wow. of successful building programs. And then I went from fitness coach to business coach. And I helped people do what I did. 
That's absolutely incredible. I didn't know that you um your your story started that way from university, um because I I can kind of relate as well. When I was um when I was younger, I wanted wanted to be like a professional footballer, um and and growing up, everyone's like, oh, you, you know, you got talent, you've got potential, like you, you can make it professional. And I, I first stepped into the gym and 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 started seeing the results, and it became addictive, right? You start to build muscle, and you you get other people going, hey, what's your secret? How do you do it? And I almost kind of fell into it by accident as well and thought, man, I love this. Like, you know, you get your first transformation and you kind of get in there going, right, you know, I feel like this is the path that was meant for me. So, um, no, I can really relate to to how you can kind of stumble into the fitness industry by accident and it, it turning out to almost being the best decision or the best thing that uh, that everything that have ever happened to you. And it's quite interesting. So it was actually saying everything happens for a reason before this call, right? So really, really cool. Now being a obviously a successful business owner, I, I would love to know how do you find, you know, keeping on top of your body, health, shape and performance impacts your business life? Because, you know, it's, it's not easy running a, a business of your size. So what do you find the health side of things does to help and impact your business life? Oh, it's the foundation, man. Yeah. You know, you, you have to prioritize your health, right? Health's the new wealth. And having habits that come from your running days, your weight training days, that is the foundation of being able to regulate your emotions, your mindset, and your physicality, right? So, so this training uh, from my running days, from the PT days, you know, building my body in that, this is what allows me to manage all the stress that comes when I'm building a business, yeah. You know, it's the stress that comes from being in a marriage, the stress that comes from being a father, right? It's my habits that keep me sane. I've gone through some dark, dark times. And, you know, my brother recently said, dude, you know, one of your darkest, darkest times, you got leaner, yeah. you look fantastic. And he's, you know, I've got other guys who are like, if, if I was in the situation you're in, I would have gone to porn. I would have been jerking off all the time. I would have gone to the bottle. I would have been drinking my face off. I would have been scrolling on social media like you. And I said, I didn't do that by default. These were habits that have been pre-planned, pre-built, pre-programmed from years and years. Absolutely. So like if you have these habits, you are going to be faced a storm at some point in the future, wherever. What It might be your marriage. Uh, it, it could be your business. Yeah. And, and this is what gets you through these habits. You know, there's a great James Clear well, you do not rise to the level of your goals. You fall to the level of your systems. And I feel like I just built some great systems, simple stuff, 70,000 steps a week, four liters of water per day. First 30 minutes of the day, I journal, I pray, I listen to worship music. I don't go to my phone. All right? I have these habits uh, around when I cheat on my diet. These are the things that have given my body the ability to weather storms. Absolutely. And, and so that's it, man, right there. Like the habits you have are either going to help you or kill you. And I think those habits, you know, they compound so powerfully over time. And we're actually just increasing our stress capacity, right? You know, our, our ability to deal with stress. Because a lot of time people think, how can I remove stress? And it's like, it, it's difficult to remove stress. You know, it, it, in this life, you're going to run into things that stress you out. So what can we actually do that's going to be more pro productive? right? Can we improve your stress capacity? Can we improve your ability to deal with stress? And that comes from having, you know, as you mentioned just now, those really, really strong habits in place. And there's small things that compound, you know, like say your water, 
your steps, your journaling. Have you ever, out of curiosity, have you ever missed a day where where you haven't smashed your your habits? And if you have, how did you almost feel like that impacted the day? Well, it, happen, it happens more than you know people would believe. Yeah. I mean, three years after my my third baby was born, uh, where I think five or six nights a week I drank a bottle of wine every wow. night. And by definition, um, if you if a man drinks three to four drinks a night, three to four days a week, that's classified as an alcoholic. For a woman, if you drink two to three drinks a night, uh, three to four nights per week, that's an alcoholic. So by definition, I was an alcoholic for three years. Now, in that time, I didn't actually see anything wrong with it. I actually just thought it was kind of cool that, hey, you know, at the end of the day, I finished off with a with a bottle, you know, a glass and then another glass and and uh, it led to over 30 pounds of weight gain. It led to poor sleep. It led to imposter syndrome. It led to self-chaos. And, you know, I would just kind of write it off. Hey, man, just living a good life right now. At the end of the day, I work hard and I drink, to, you know, and I justified it not knowing that I was actually like, if you said, hey, we're not going to drink tonight, I would have felt it. Right. And, you know, I've had done a lot of self-reflection and I know why I was under a tremendous amount of stress, but I took it, I, I viced it with an unhealthy habit. And I mean, that's going to have a cost, right? And that has a massive cost. You know, my your face looks puffy, you lose your abs, you don't feel congruent with like what you're teaching. And those have natural consequences. So yeah, there's been times where, you know, um, I got three kids. So, you know, sometimes we go out for dinner and, you know, the bread comes out and then my kids get a margarita pizza and uh, then they get, you know, um, ice cream. And I don't like seeing the ice cream left over. I don't like seeing four extra pieces of pizza. I don't like to waste money. So I'm like, well, somebody's got to eat that pizza and I'll eat it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, you're supposed to come in at 204 on your way in and then you come in at 207 the next day and you're like, crap, I just reversed half a day or half a week of great training and dieting with a, a short decision to soothe some discomfort in my life. So I think it, it comes really back to what kind of man you want to be. Absolutely. And, you know, just trying to figure out like, these are opportunities, these are some of the highest levels of personal development, right? Saying to saying no to what you want now versus what you want later. And just trying to figure out like, why do I, what is going on in my life that is making me so unhappy or so stressed that I need a piece of bread. Yeah, I think take the edge off. You hear people say, Absolutely. I just have a drink to take the edge off. What, what, where's that? What's the edge? What edge? Like, yeah. why, why, why is there, okay, it's okay to have edges, but why do we need to go to unhealthy things? And, you know, I think alcohol is just one of those things that's acceptable, right? Like, if you said, yeah, I did, you know, have some cocaine every night, people would be like, what? That's a serious problem. Yeah, I just, you know, have a couple, you know, smokes every night, you know. That's, that's a serious problem. I just go, you know, you know, sleep with other chicks when, when, when I'm stressed out, dude, that's, but why is alcohol so acceptable? Yeah. And I think it's become so, so common as well. And I think people look at other people and go, oh, when they're stressed, I, they deal with alcohol. So maybe I should do the same thing. So I think it's also their environment that they're surrounding themselves by. And something really interesting you touched on there was, um, you know, when you're out for dinner, for instance, and you know, you, your kids might leave over some pizza. And one thing that I love about the journey of a transformation that really works, uh, you know, and, and complements family life and business life is it teaches extreme ownership, 
right? You know, when when we're looking at our habits and hitting them daily, we we build such a level of self accountability and control that when it does come to those moments, our our ability to you know understand delay gratification and think right in the moment, I really want those three slices of margarita pizza that's staring me at the face, or in my case, maybe a meat feast, but. I know this isn't going to serve me straight away. And I know, you know, in a couple of days, weeks, months time, this is all going to add up and I will be a couple steps back. I'll have less energy in a day. My focus will be a little bit foggy and I'll be out of shape. So I think it's also, you know, understanding delayed gratification and, and building self-accountability through the journey for transformation. And do you find that's been quite a big thing for yourself? Having, I suppose, a lot of ability of distraction, right? Children, marriage, business, and, you know, the couple of slices of pizzas here or, the, the couple of problems within business here, do you find that self-accountability through your own training and your own, I suppose, discipline from a transformation perspective has, has played a big role in, in your ability to deal with it? But first of all, you got to get clear on why you want to change. Yeah, I believe people change until they hit enough pain in their life. For me, it was, you know, being four months out from the Nashville Seven Finger Mastermind event, a big fitness business breakthrough event where I knew we we're going to have a couple hundred people and standing up on stage with a gut. I'm like, I'm the leader of the fitness industry and I'm 30 pounds overweight. And just knowing that my complacency had led to comfort and, and that comfort um, had led to compromise. And I was not happy with that. It was time to confront and conquer uh, this habit. So for me, the way that I got through it was doing 75 hard with a group of seven guys and um, having the end of day, uh, end of day accountability was the game changer. Having a check in with men that I didn't want to disappoint, one of them being my brother, another uh, was a business colleague, another was a neighbor. It's funny, the guys that didn't make it were the other coaches. The coaches <laughs> the coaches in the group, I won't name names, they, they, they were the ones that dropped out. Actually, not all of them. One, two of the three guys did. Right. Um, the coaches are always, they're always the toughest ones. They don't want to take advice. But yeah, I guess you gotta be in a lot of pain. You got to be in a lot of pain. Uh, yeah. Long story short, that 75 hard train changed my life. And that end of day accountability became the new uh, driver. That's what broke yeah. the habit, the new habit of checking in with men at the end of the day and doing the journey together. Cause I had tried 75 hard twice by myself and I failed both times. I failed on day 21 and day two. Um, right. And I, right. I thought I could just figure this out on my own. And, and there's a, probably a lot of people listening to your podcast. You got probably a lot of people in Europe. I know Eastern Europeans are, are really bad at this. They <laughs> ask for help. They, don't ask, and they were trained not to ask for help. That's a sign of weakness. And I don't know what cultures are listening right now, but that is not a sign of weakness. I wanted to fix my problem without anybody knowing i just wanted to kind of and it's fun it's crazy because i look back on my life and there was no there's been no problems in my life i've actually fixed by myself yeah so i was why why am i trying to do this again it was my pride and it was my ego like i was embarrassed i didn't want to have to check in with some guys and when i did that that's what broke the habit that's what gave me the new identity and i've been anchored to like i can do this this is who i want to be i've been sober for a very long time and it feels fantastic yeah. All right. It's, it's, it's no longer a mindset of what I gave up. It's what I've gained. I've gained confidence. I've gained clarity. I've gained credibility with myself. I've gained consistency, competence. I've gained character. I've, I haven't given up. I've gained. And I think that's like, that's when it starts to become more permanent, that shift. So 
just Absolutely. the change is possible, but oftentimes the change won't last unless you have that peer pressure from guys you don't want to disappoint. It's easy to disappoint yourself. You disappoint yourself all Absolutely. the time. Yeah. Look at yeah. the very high level of personal development to actually get to a point where you don't want to disappoint yourself. There's a very small percentage of men that ever arrive there. But yeah. to get there, you need to start having just some like, hey, I don't want to be the guy in the group. <laughs> One of the guys is on my payroll. I don't want like I'm his boss. I don't want I don't want the boss to drop out before the student or before the, before the of team. Course. And I think, you know, what, one thing that's, that's really powerful there is having someone in your corner that you don't want to let down because let's be honest, right? I think most people have an information, uh, don't have an information problem, but more of an implementation problem. Like we've got Google and, and, and chat GPT at our fingertips, right? Like you want a workout plan. You can just type it into to Google, but the, the problem lies more within the fact that we can't stick to it or we don't have the self accountability. And then ego kicks in to say, oh, I should be able to do this myself. And I actually remember when I first got out of shape back in COVID, I, I was a trainer and I thought to myself, oh God, I should be able to keep myself in shape. Like I should be able to do this alone. I shouldn't have to ask for help because I'm a trainer. And right. I found myself neglecting my health and I was just constantly on my team. I was, I was, I was on my train rides every day. I was making sure everyone was looked after, but me. And my confidence went down, my energy went down. And I first noticed it when my alarm clock that used to be 6 a.m. get up and, and do my habits and my rituals in the morning became 7, 9, 10. Then I didn't set an alarm. And I was like, shit, I need to, I need to maybe walk the walk and ask for help. I need accountability here to focus on me again. So I raised my hand to my first coach and said, hey, I, I just, I need accountability. I don't have an information problem. I need someone in my corner that A, I'm a little bit frightened of to let down, but B, that I don't want to let down. And that completely changed my life. And, you know, being a product of coaching yourself, having that person in your corner that you don't want to let down across multiple levels is just an absolute game changer for reaching a desired outcome. Because I almost find it's impossible to fail when you've got someone in your corner guiding you the way, right? 100%. Yeah, you got to build that support system. And you got to just, you got to understand like, Life was not meant to be done alone, right? It's 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 not a setback. It's, you're not less of a man, right? If if you go in to, to you know, if you think back to the days where guys were you know hunters and gatherers, and you have to go kill a T Rex or a Brontosaurus or a saber tooth lion or whatever. Or I don't know; those are extreme examples. You got to go kill something to eat. You weren't weak if you went out to try and uh, <laughs> kill the thing by yourself. You get killed. Yeah, for sure. If you're, you're trying to confront a massive monster in your life, right? These vices are monsters, right? You know, from my Christian upbringing, you know, I believe there's a devil and he's real and he's alive and he's out to seek, kill and destroy. And you're trying to take on a lion by yourself. If anyone listening said, you're going to go kill a lion by yourself. Good luck. <laughs> good luck. And these, these are monsters that you're sending out to, to fight back. And, you know, these guys, they go out in, as a team, as a unit, right? There's a platoon. They go out with, you know, spears and swords and rocks, and they go take out these monsters by them uh, as, a, as a team. Absolutely. And I think we just have to see that, like, today we, we don't have to go kill saber-toothed lions, but we might have to go kill that porn habit. We might need yeah. to go kill, um, you know, that alcohol problem or that um, binging on food problem. Like, we might need to round up a band of brothers to go take out these monsters that are destroying us. Absolutely. And that teamwork, I think coincides really well with the idea of business. The same way we can put it is 
Imagine if you had to get rid of all your staff and you had to do it all alone. How far would you go? Like you've got X amount of business on your plate. You've got X amount of help that you need, admin and and and, and coaching or whatever it may be. And you're trying to tell it all on yourself. Like, you know, you need your staff members, you need your A players, you need your team around you. And it's the same thing when it comes to the, the journey of a transformation. It's no different. And I think that's a really cool concept of looking at binge eating or, or, or alcohol or comfort, you know, whatever it may be as a, a monster as such and something that you should take on with a team. And I think that's a really interesting way to look at it. And talking about team, you know, I know obviously you have a lot of plates, right? You know, you've got your business with a load of staff members, you've got marriage, you've got children, you've got your own health, body shape and performance. And when we're looking at team, how would you manage family life with business and fitness life? You know, what kind of non-negotiables do you set that allows you to spend time with family, time in business, time for yourself and fitness? What would you say your, I say secret, what would you say your non-negotiables are that allow you to be able to optimize your performance in every sector? I'll be honest, uh, Uri, this is an area that I haven't, uh, you know, lived up to the, the standards that I would uh, like to live up to. Um, you know, I've always had I, an idea of not working on weekends, ending my day at 4.30, 5.30. Um, I, I think, you know, I, I projected that I, this is what I was doing all the time for many, many years. Uh, what happens when you do that is you create a facade that um, you're living this life and others are coming to you like, oh, man, you got that all dialed in. I'll be honest, man, this is an area in my life where I've failed. Um, I, I've always had intentions to be um, present um, for the kids because that's the right thing to do, right? You got to be a present yeah, dad. Yeah. But um, when you have a young family, sometimes you don't get fulfillment from your kids because they're so young. And it's frankly, sometimes sitting on the floor playing silly games is boring. Yeah. You don't see you don't see the ROI in it because we're wired as entrepreneurs. And, you know, I've had seasons in my life where things were much better um, and then seasons in my life where I've been failing miserably where I'm supposed to be up at 4.30 and I'm still downstairs at 5.30 taking advantage of, of my wife's goodness and not taking my commitment seriously and you know being at the park with the kids but checking my phone and working and being that dad who's distracted and having my kids, you know, daddy, daddy, trying to get my attention while I'm somewhere else. And I, I think I share this because I've seen a lot of guys kind of project that this is what I'm doing. And it is good that those are your intentions. But I feel like some of the stuff that has to happen inside the home, just like practice that privately. Um, you know, things that I have done that have been very helpful is like date nights, um, trips away every couple months. Um, but, you know, the moment those start to slip, your, 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 your relationship can slip just as quickly. And you just have to be really, really intentional about these things. You know, I think regular communication, like a weekly family meeting is really crucial uh, where you discuss, you know, this is out of John Gottman's book, but um, discussing decisions, dis discussing money, discussing mm -hmm. schedule each week, uh, having an opportunity of words of affirmation. This is stuff that I've learned. Um, and, you know, it, it, sometimes you don't learn that you learn this stuff when it's almost too late. And, and now like you got to try and make up for stuff that's happened. Um, I really encourage people right now listening to put these things into play, like as fast as possible, yeah. prioritize things that give you a support system to go achieve your goals. Cause if you don't have the support of your family, 
you're not going to go be able to build a big business or get in great shape because you know that you're neglecting what's most important. So, so these non-negotiables, um, yeah, try and make them non-negotiables. Um, I don't want to sit here and say that I've got these non-negotiables that I follow all the time, but there are things that I do right now that are, I can tell you, I pray with my kids before we go to bed. We have dinner at the table without any electronics. We hold hands when we pray and we bow our heads and we do this little game, um, roses and thorns at the end of dinner, where we ask about one thing that was a rose and one thing that was a thorn. Um, we read our um, devotionals and we pray. I think I said that before bed. I spend time with my kids undistracted with the phone off. These are things that like when I walk in the house, my kids run to me. They love me, right? They miss me when I'm not around. So you don't have to put in a lot of things. You just have to be consistent. You have to be yeah. steady. I think that's the big thing for men to hear. You don't need like a ton of extremes. You know, you know, even if you're, you you pray with your kids and you read stories to them every night, five out of seven nights, that's really good. Consistently good, not occasionally great. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Um, I think just having a couple really strong non-negotiables around the kids and with your spouse in terms of what needs that she are important to her. Again, you don't need to do a lot of things. You don't need to do these big, magnificent things. You just have to be consistent with these small things. And I think as men, we just, eh, it's not a big deal. It's a huge deal because consistency compounds. It can be consistently bad. It can be consistently good, but it does compound. So I think I'll pause there. Yeah, no, absolutely. Thank you for sharing. And I think that's, you know, really, really powerful. And, you know, when, when people look on the outside, it is easy to think, oh, you know, they've got everything figured out. You know, they, they, they must have everything they need. And, you know, it is difficult because we're only human beings at the end of the day. Right. And there's, there's often times where we're in a said moment where something seems to be, you know, perceived to be more important than whatever we may be doing. That might be park with your children you think oh god that message i just need to get back to that really quickly and i'm guilty of it you know i might be out for dinner with my partner and we're meant to be spending quality time and i get that message i think oh this is so important let me just quickly reply to this and then i mm. might just get that that thing that that maybe triggers a response in me and then i'm frustrated so now the rest of the meal is ruined because i didn't put my phone away and at the time they seem like massive massive things but when, when you kind of look back and you go, I was distracted on yet another date night or I was distracted on another time mid-conversation, you know, when when I do kind of think about it, it's like, does that text, will it matter in five years time? Maybe not. Will the memories I make with with my partner in that moment matter in five years time? Absolutely. But it's hard to, to think like that when you're in the moment. So I think, I guess, do you think repetition on that is something that's super important for, for men and women listening? You know, that kind of building that consistent repetition of making the right decisions in the moment. And I suppose being disciplined enough to at dinner time, turn your phones off and, and maybe have that. You have, those... to, have a, you have to have a vision yeah. and sometimes, you know, a vision of what you don't want and a vision of what you do want. Mm. You, you know, sometimes you have to learn the hard way. And I think sometimes, you know, life is God's best teacher. And sometimes Absolutely. if we're not learning, then God is going to, I don't believe God's a punisher, but I do believe that there is such thing as free will and natural consequences and there will be consequences to neglect. And I think you have to just understand that, you know, 
maybe talk to somebody who's gone through a, a horrible divorce and a horrible separation and who's living in a living hell right now and just listen to what they're saying. You know, I've talked to friends and say it was not worth it. I have a friend, I, you know, friends who've sold companies for massive amounts of money. And now they see their kids a few times a week and you know, there's always reconciliation. There's always redemption. God can always redeem a bad situation, but it wasn't God's plan. Yeah. You know, it was not his plan. And um, I think you just have to know, like, what the nightmare could turn into if you keep going down this path. And I think a lot of people just take good things in their life for granted and think that they'll always be there. Absolutely. Then have a vision for what could be like, wow, with your, with your partner to have a deep connected and intimate relationship. But what does that require? That requires presence, vulnerability, openness, trust, authenticity. How can you build that if you're on your phone and she's not feeling appreciated? Mm. She's not feeling bored, right? So you have to realize that every time you're together there's an opportunity to make a deposit or to take make a withdrawal and yeah, when and when bank accounts in withdrawal that's when the disconnection happens and then that's when sometimes you know others the partner can get to a point of no return and loses hope and so you just have to realize that you have to have a vision for what you want a desired end outcome and to look at you know people who've got marriages that you aspire to that are actually really great mm. What have their patterns been? What have their values been? How have they handled, you know, what, how have they done life? Go seek out wisdom from people who are further down the road yeah. and try and listen, listen, and just listen and, and let them speak to your heart and just listen and, and just really trust that what they're saying is truth and be yeah. grateful. for them. So I think, yeah, you really need a vision. A, a vision is what uh, is a preferred future. What is That's, your preferred future? Yeah. Absolutely. And I think the best way that people can do this is start at the top and reverse engineer, it. you know, start at the top and work backwards. So start with the vision, start with the dream, start with the outcome, and then kind of work backwards and put the stepping stones in place and think, what do I now need to do? Or who do I now need to become to reach the end, the end desired outcome, right? And I know obviously yourself's been in uh, lots of rooms. You're, you're part of a lot of mentorships and masterminds and rub shoulders of a lot of people doing some very, very big things. So what's some really big lessons that you've taken away from the giants that you've been in rooms within, you know, surrounding business or, or mindset that you think is, is super powerful for those listening that might be trying to maybe rub shoulders with, with different people or get into rooms with, with, with certain entrepreneurs or certain people they aspire to be, you know, what kind of advice have you taken from those type of people? Well, you kind of just nailed the first one. Get in the room in the first place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Get, get in the room, right? That's the first step to get in the room. What room do you need to be in, right? A lot of us are living in the wrong room, right? You're hanging out with crabs. You're hanging out with people who are drinking. You're hanging out with people who are, who've got horrible relationships and are disconnected from their kids. And you're hanging out with people. Like, first of all, get in the room where people can unlock greatness inside of you. So get yeah. in the room where people are thinking and acting differently, where people are operating at a different altitude. Get in a room where you're going to be pushed in a good way, right? Get in a room where uh, you can be exposed to opportunities and possibilities. Or get in a room where your self-limiting beliefs are going to be challenged. So I think the first thing is just get in the room yes. and keep getting into these rooms because here's the thing. You don't know what, like when I go to church on Sundays, I don't know how God's going to speak to me. Yeah, but I absolutely. go there with an open heart and I go there ready to be, to receive a message. Like, what are my blind spots? What am I not seeing? Yeah. What yeah, am I holding yeah. on to be that's not true? What lies am I believing that are not supporting my future? 
what limiting beliefs do I have? And I think getting in the room is just like just being in the room and allowing people to speak into your life, give you encouragement and empowering you and positioning yourself to build relationships, friendships with people that can support you on this hard journey called life. Yeah. Life is hard. Absolutely. And to go alone, like that's, I think, just the very first step. And when you get in the room, I think just be receptive. Now, listen, you also have to be discerning and you also yeah. have to kind of be, you ha I'll say this as well. Sometimes you can go into rooms and you hear guys like, you know, 10X, 10X, 10X. And then you find out behind, you know, closed doors, like who they really are. And you're like, I don't know if I want that part. So you, you do need a filter. Yeah. Right. Yeah, of course. Have, it, it, it's tough when you hear guys get up on the stage. There's probably a lot of good stuff they're saying. And there's a lot of good stuff you can take away. But at the same time, you know, you can get in rooms where, you know, they're talking about scaling and empire building. But what if family is more important to you than scaling an empire building? And scaling an empire building now becomes your new belief system. And now all of a sudden the family is basically getting the leftovers and you're not building the business to serve yeah. your family, you're building your business to serve your um, eagle of achieving of achievement so you, you do have to just you can't walk into these rooms completely blindly as well a lot of people Absolutely. inflate right there's a lot of insecurities in these rooms as well so i think when you're getting into these rooms i've been on many different spectrums or sometimes i just like i leave with like 20 pages of notes action items tactics strategies resources and i go back execute, make a lot more money. And I'm like, wow, that was, that was the best mastermind. That's exactly what I needed. Um, other times you might like see stuff and you're like, wow, that guy got to that level because man, I don't want any part of that. That's mm -hmm. how he's scaling. Oh, he's copying other people's ads. He's ripping up other people's, he's ruining relationships. So getting in the room is going to give you a taste of the good and the bad Absolutely. and help you yeah. figure out how to like navigate, like what you want to create. So just think, get in the room, yeah. but also be discerning when you get in the room. And I think I think that's super key as well. Actually getting into the room is, is super important because you can only leave a positive if that's, I'm in the room, this is what I don't want to become. Or I'm in the room, this is what I do want to become. Because like you say, you're going to get in rooms with people that are super impressive and you've looked online and you've gone right there, turning over X amount of revenue each month or, you know, they're, they're driving in their Lamborghinis or on holiday every five minutes. But then if they're talking about sacrificing 16 to 18 hours a day, every single day, not seeing their children, not spending time with their partner, and they look back and almost kind of have regrets to a degree, then you can almost kind of see, right, I take the value of how he done it, but I want to be able to keep the, the, the value of spending time with family, for instance. So I, I suppose it's such a big win where you can go into the room take what, what you want and filter out what you don't want to become. And for those listening that are thinking, right, it's great to know I want to be in the room. Being in the room is step number one, but how do I get in the room? What rooms do I get into and how do I get into the room? What would your advice be? Well, figure out where you want to go and who's already there and where are they going? You know, mm -hmm. if, if you want to, there's a gym here in Burlington, Ontario called Pure. Uh, it's a massive gym and it's been turned into like the Mecca of bodybuilding here in Ontario. And if you want to get big, you go to Pier Muscle and Fitness in Burlington, Ontario. And there's these two mm -hmm. big, massive rooms and they're full of bodybuilders and competitors. And um, if you want to get big, that's where you go. And yeah. you can go in there. It doesn't take long to see a lot of people are on steroids. And if you probably want to go on steroids, 
that's the room you want to get into because you'll probably find everything that you need absolutely people in that gym now that's kind of an extreme example but you can also say hey i want to grow spiritually i want to develop my relationship with jesus christ all right let's find a good church yeah let's get in that room and, and do they have small groups uh do they have a bible study that i can get plugged into so go into that room i want to make more money I'm a trainer and I want to learn how people are marketing their services on the internet. All right. Who are the top fitness coaches uh, who've become business coaches offering events, masterminds? How do I get into those rooms? So once you get clear on where you want to go, we now need to do some research, start asking questions and start uh, just taking massive action, get into those rooms. Absolutely. And I think that's one thing that I've done because uh, I saw the value of right at the beginning. I remember when I first started working with yourself you know, I flew out to Nashville. And for me, that's a, a 13 and a half hour journey. Had to go from uh, London to Texas to Nashville. And I wanted to be in the room. You know, I just wanted to be in the room. So I've, I've never been in that room before with, with, with the guys across the pond. So I've been in lots of rooms in the UK, which have been brilliant. Every single time they've been unstoppable and I still go to them. But I thought, you know, I want to I wanna be in this room. How do I get there? There's an event. Great. How do I get to the event? I book a 13-hour flight from the UK to Dallas to, to uh, Nashville. Right, let me book the flight. It could be a big risk. Nothing could come of it. Or my life can change. Either way, I'm going to learn a lesson. Get me on the flight. I need to be in the room. And I think it's almost having the courage to do what's necessary to get in the room. Because, you know, you, you might you might look at the, the gym example. And people might go, oh, yeah, I want to go to that gym. But uh, I don't know. I'm a bit intimidated. Or it's a bit, it's a bit of a far drive. That's 20 minutes from my house. And it's it's almost kind of going, right, do I have the courage and do I have, you know, that that bit between my teeth that's gonna go, actually, I'm gonna, I'm gonna make this work. I'm gonna find a way to get in the room because I truly believe that you can step into any room that you want to step into if you work out hard enough on how you can provide enough value somewhere to get into that room. And I think, yeah. you know, that 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 advice right there on finding the right people and looking at where they're going is unstoppable so thank you again for sharing now before we come towards the back end of this podcast there's a, a mantra that you seem to live by that i think is really interesting the five m's of manhood what are they mm. all right muscle mindset money mission and marriage five m's of becoming a better a better man absolutely and is that a kind of mantra that you've lived by your entire life is that something that's been introduced later yeah, you know, I just I kind of look at um, one. I love alliterations, and um, I just kind of look at you know what does uh, a whole man look like? You know, a man of integrity, right? Integrity. If you look at the word integrity, the root word of integrity is an integer, right? And what is an integer? An integer is a whole number, right? So it doesn't mean you're one dimensional. And you know, I've seen guys who represent, um, you know. Um, ultimate success, maybe financially and physicality, but they've blown through every relationship they've been in. And then they mock people who pursue balance yeah. and they don't even see, they don't even see the hypocr hypocrisy of what they're saying. So they're mocking people who don't have balance, but the reason that they're seeking balance is because they're not a one dimensional human being. Mm, and I think absolutely. what, what M5 is all about is that, Hey, you can have all these things, muscle mindset money mission and marriage but maybe not all at once yeah right to pack on loads of muscle at while you're trying to make a lot of money while trying to really uh, 
create a deep, intimate, connected relationship with your wife all at the same time. Now we can get there, but I think for me, my journey was kind of one thing at a time. I built my body first, right? And that then helped me develop my mindset to see what was possible. And then I took what I did with the muscle and the mindset and I started to make more money through a business. And then I took that into, wow, this business isn't just to pay my bills, but this is my calling. And that became my mission. And now that mission, like, Hey, I want to, I don't want to do this mission by myself. I want to build a family, create a home. I want a marriage and I want somebody to do life with. So again, it doesn't have to necessarily happen in that order, but it's, it's, it's a vision uh, for what a man can aspire to. And I think it's, I think that a lot of us put too much stock in, you know, people who've just developed like one dimensionally. And it's really neat to see certain guys achieve the pinnacle of success in one area of life. I think that's really cool. And you know, I, really I completely agree. I completely agree. And I think one mistake that people seem to make is trying to do that all at once. They'll, I guess they'll kind of look at somebody they were aspired to be like and go, he's got all of these things figured out. I need that tomorrow. As opposed to going through the seasons on if we're taking five M's as the example on you know, um, mission, purpose, having the muscle, you know, having the marriage, having the money. And if we're trying to do that all at once, we're just setting unrealistic expectations. You know, we're expecting it all tomorrow. And I think it, again, it, it pulls down to delayed gratification. Can I start with my body? After hmm. I've done my body, can I then move to mindset? And like you say, you don't have to be in that order, but there, there's a great book called The One Thing by Gary Keller. And yes. he, he talks about how, multitasking is bullshit there's no such thing as what you can't multitask and if you're trying to multitask these five m's all at one time you know you're not, you're setting yourself up for failure and you're, you're not going to get there so you know from from like a perspective of where should somebody start on the five m's obviously you started with body you know it, it does somebody need to look at their life and think what do i need the most right now do they need to look at their end goal and think what's going to get me there the fastest where should somebody start with the five m's i think um What's the most, you know, I like the definition of win. Uh, what's important now? Yeah, yeah. What's important now, you know? Um, I think that's the first question. So maybe your marriage is in, is in, is in the uh, crap right now. That should be probably the first place you start. Yeah. Uh, maybe you're really out of shape right now. And maybe this is where we need to start. Uh, maybe the business is, you know, really in rough shape and you're already in great physical, physical shape. And I would look at the weakest link because the weakest link is what's going to cause the ship to sink, right? It's just, it wasn't a, a big, massive thing that sunk the Titanic. It was just, it was a little, it was one small compartment, right? And the Titanic, the reason it sunk, because they didn't think that the water could leak into different compartments of the ship. They thought things could be compartmentalized. Right. And that's a big lie. You can't compartmentalize like, hey, this area is OK um, because these areas are OK. I don't need to worry about this one area over here. This yeah. one area over here that has a leak is going to sink the rest of the ship. So that's why we start with the weakest link and where, where there's a, a small uh, leakage. Absolutely. And I think people need to also look at the bigger picture as well. So oftentimes, you know, when, when I'm talking on social media and stuff, we'll kind of say, you know, look at the, the weakest thing, the thing that, that that's almost the biggest problem at the moment, but then how can we also think bigger? You know, if right. there's said problem, like using your body as a vehicle, for instance, if we're trying to work on mindset instead of just delving straight into mindset practices, maybe work on your body to develop the mindset, look at a bigger picture. 
how can a better body give you more confidence? So when you go out next time to the bar and you want to find someone to do life with, you have that confidence to actually speak with them. Or if you yes. want to make more money, how can you now have more authority within yourself? Because you feel more right. confident. You know, you're not hunched over when you're talking. You're up tall. Your your shoulders are back. You, your tonality is confident. You feel great. So it's almost looking at that bigger picture as well and thinking, what is my end goal? How can I reverse engineer? What do I start with that's going to help me build the bricks to the house so the other four M's in this scenario could become even more impactful? And for mm. me, quite similar to yourself, that was body. It was, I'm unconfident. I'm out of shape. My energy is low. If I want to make more money, I need more energy so I can do more in the day. I can work smarter, not just harder. Great. If I want to improve my relationship, but my libido is low, you know, my energy is low. My, I'm snapping quickly because I'm just generally not happy and, and low in mood, right? So if I work to my body, I'm more confident. I have more authority. I can make more money in business or I can be more present in a relationship because I'm not as snappy. I'm a little bit happier. Then my partner's more receptive. And maybe her life starts to change when she starts to see the power. So I think it's also, you know, look, you know, looking at the bigger picture and allowing ourselves to think bigger. And yes. Amazing. Coming towards the back end of this podcast, then I would love to know, just to finish off here, if you could give any advice to Skinny Vinny, to younger Vince Monty, what advice would you give to yourself? Man, it's just a race, man. I, I beat myself up really bad um, through my running days and it resulted in um, creating a life of just pursuing the next race, the yeah. next race, the next race and finding identity and achievement in the next race. And I never just stopped to process um, why I was doing that. And, you know, the reason I was doing that is because my uh, running uh, introduced me to a lot of lost, yeah. a lot of disappointment, a lot of rejection. And I never learned how to connect with myself. Um, I'm just discovering this now at the age of 43 through like extensive um, trauma therapy. And I never thought that I need therapy to like, I didn't understand why I couldn't connect with people. I was, you know, by loved ones called selfish. And I'm like, I don't think I'm a selfish guy, but I do have a hard time just being present with people. I'm distracted. I'm thinking about doing something else. I didn't see value in relationships, like not maliciously, but just yeah, I'd rather go work. And, and it all came from, you know, the running days that made me who I am, but it also produced an unhealthy version of me, which was I, I found my identity and accomplishment. And yeah. it's because I never learned how to connect with myself and say, Hey, Vince, it was just a race. We'll get the next time. This is not who you are. Your value is not what you do and achieve. Your value is in who you are and, and how you relate to people. So I think that, is the advice I would give my younger Vince that, Hey, we need to put some systems in place that don't build your identity around just more and bigger. Mm, absolutely. And I, I, I feel exactly the same from finding worth in achievement. I actually remember Gavin Mikhail talking about this in Cancun because I could relate to it so much for me. It was the same on a football pitch. Like my, my self-worth will come if I performed well, if I played well on a Saturday, my my week would be great. If I play bad, my week will be shit. And everything was coming down to how I performed on a Saturday and my self-worth was coming down to performance on the football field. So I think, again, you know, for me, that was a big kind of hurdle and I still am battling that hurdle now 
if I perform well, you know, during the day where I get some great transformations, my self-worth is high. If I don't perform well mm. in the workplace, is my self-worth dipping a little bit? So I think that's a battle that I'm still fighting myself. But one that I recognize is, is just a race. Like game of business, it's just a race, you know? And I think that's definitely something that's great to take away. So last little bit here is we always ask every guest who comes onto the show, 10 questions. Not nothing to do with fitness or, or business, just 10, you know, random questions. All right. So number one, what's your favorite place to travel to? Italy. Italy. Nice. I'm going there in a couple of weeks time. Scariest animal on the planet. What? Scariest animal that you find on the planet. Shark. You can only eat one meal for the rest of your life. What would it be? Uh, ribeye steak. Mm. Best gym you've ever trained at. Uh, powerhouse Tampa, Florida. Most used app on your phone. Um, Instagram. Favorite exercise in the gym? Pull-ups. Least favorite? Line leg curls. Last three. If you can change one thing about the fitness industry, what would it be? People would stop sharing their numbers. <laughs> <laughs> would you rather be invisible or be able to fly? Fly. And the last one, describe the rest of your life in five words. Connected to my beautiful family. Wow. Powerful. Vince, thank you so much for your time today and sharing your wisdom on our podcast. For those listening, where could they find out a little bit more about yourself? Instagram at Vince Del Monte. I've got a podcast, YouTube channel, Facebook. It's all at Vince Del Monte. One word. Amazing. So I'll put all of Vince's uh, channels in the show notes. But Vince, thank you so much for your time today. I really enjoyed this. And I know the uh, the listeners will take a wealth of value away. So go check out Vince on social platforms and we will speak to everybody soon. Okay, take care. Take care, brother.